somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And I am joined by Leonor Cravota. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. You barely made it in here. I barely made it in here. Well, you know, <laughs> that was that uh, pile up in the coffee room. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, so uh, today we're going to be talking, um, we're going to do a roundup really, of what we've been talking about for the last couple of uh, weeks, really. Um, because I'm going to be writing, starting my blog. I'm going to be starting a new blog over at scottadamsshow.com. And uh, if you go over there, you can see that there's a blog section. And a lot of the things I'm going to be talking about on the show are going to be put on the paper. And eventually, I think what's going to happen is our podcast is going to reflect the the, the article. And so I'm going to put the podcast and the article together. Um, but we, we've been talking about uh, Chinese terrorism. And uh, I, I don't think we can actually say that word enough, meaning that I, I, don't th- I know that the media doesn't per- perceive or portray China as terrorists and i just think that they their rightful descriptor would be terrorism and uh i think it's um one of the one of the stories i'm going to be writing uh over the next couple of days the end posting is going to be uh entitled chinese china chinese terrorism uh not your grandfather's terrorism you know, it's basically it's not going to be your grandfather's terrorism. It's it's grandfather's terrorism was Arafat was, uh, you know, the people responsible for Pan Am Flight 103, the people that were responsible for the hostage taking in Munich in 1972. So more obvious terrorists. <clears throat> well, those were those were actually terrorists. And it was a new way of really guerrilla fighting you can probably even take it back to um the castro brothers you know in um, the bay of pigs 
and the um, revolution revolutionaries Che Guevara, right? The one that uh, a lot of young college students wear his <clears throat> his uh, figure on their shirt, and they don't even realize what a murderous thug this guy was. They're walking right? around with these Che T-shirts. They were raping no women, uh, selling drugs, and uh, killing people, uh, but they were being adored and honored uh, in the. Uh, in the annals of folklore of history, I guess. But it's, um, you know, when we know the truth, you know, you can go on and look at Pol Pot and you can look at a whole bunch of other uh, tyrannical situations. And there, there are plenty of examples. I would say even, you know, what Japanese, the Japanese did in Pearl Harbor. You know, because they needed more resources. They got aggressive and they just bombed a bunch of innocent people minding their own business in Hawaii and uh, to take out our Pacific fleet so that they can embolden themselves and empower themselves. They thought we would be mired down with Germany in a conflict in Europe called World War II. Uh, that They thought that uh, we would not have the chops to stand up for ourselves and fight two different wars on two different fronts halfway around the globe. And somehow the United States pulled all that off and actually won both of those battles, which kind of made that generation the great generation. The greatest generation. The greatest generation. And, you know, you made a really good point, um, because when you're underestimated by your enemies— that's a tremendous asset to you because while they don't think there, that there are certain things that you have the muscle to pull the trigger on and you actually do it and you take them by surprise, that, that's the, you know, that gives you um, the advantage. Well, and J- Japan was ill-prepared. If they were better prepared, they probably would have prevailed, except we did have the atom bomb and we did have to actually resort to that. And in a lot of ways, people say, well, the... That should never happen again. In other ways, they should. They say, "Well, that saved a tremendous amount of lives, despite the fact that you you co- it cost a lot of lives." And there's an argument to be made on that both both ways. I don't claim to have the right answer on that one, but um, I would say that there's reasonable arguments uh, for for both sides on that. Um, but one of the things that Japan said was the reason why we went to Pearl Harbor. He says, there's no way we would have ever had the ability to invade America's homeland. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they cited, because everybody had a gun in America. Everybody in America had a gun. So, I mean, you know, they have a right to form a militia. Well, that's the first thing to go under a Biden uh, regime or any kind of tyrannical dictatorship like the one we're seeing play out in the caged area of Washington, D.C. Yeah, it's not the people's house. It's not the Capitol. It's not Mr. Smith goes to Washington. It's not like you could walk up and see your congressman. In fact, Nancy Pelosi said you can't just make an appointment and walk in the Capitol and see your uh, um, congressman. Not anymore. And they make up all these different scenarios. Like this whole January 6th thing. If they don't think that's that was a crumb compared to what we saw happen in Minneapolis and what we saw happen in Baltimore and what we saw happen in Ferguson and what we saw happen in Seattle and Portland and all all 
places in between where liberals run their cities into the ground and allow Antifa and Black Lives Matter to burn, tear statues down, burn buildings up, and and attack the police and attack the innocent. Just the other day, uh, you know, there was an Antifa person that attacked uh, another person. There was a um, a black, a disgruntled Black Lives Matter kind of guy that attacked an Asian woman. So I don't know. I, I just there's a lot of hatred and anger in our country. It seems like the anger and hatred comes from the left because they're the ones that are actually portraying themselves as intolerant. Just look at the lack of transparency in the administration right now. The Biden regime won't even give a real press conference. I mean, whatever that was, it's been addressed. And nobody really believes the press anymore. Nobody believes Joe Biden. Nobody believes Jen Psaki. And they get away with murder because just like we talked about yesterday, the press is in bed with the left-wing radical agenda. And it's just part of the evolution of uh, the byproduct that we get from our universities and our professors and our ivory tower elites. And there's a reason why it is that the elite are liberal and the middle-class working Americans are conservatives. And that is because the elite want to stay elite. There, it's sort of like the Skull and Bones Club. It's where the Bushes came from. It's where the Carries came from. It's where all these different people that, you know, we said earlier in the week that there's only one thing stronger and more powerful than the aristocratic elite. What would that be? Well, in 1912, when the Astors and all these rich people yeah. got on the Titanic, it was the boat. It was the actually did them in. It was the boat <laughs> yeah. that did them in, yeah. The boat sunk, right? Except for the unsinkable Molly Brown, and she wasn't part of the elite. <laughs> she was new money, but yeah. she sur- survived. Yeah. Um, so the idea behind that little quib and joke is that physical force mm-hmm. can do you in, right? Whether it's the sinking of the Titanic that... You know, uh, or a crashing plane, or or a gov- tyrannical government. They're unstoppable trains, if you will, and um, and uh, that's the way you get done in. And so you could be, you could be, uh, uh, bin, Prince Bin Talal, and be shaken down by the Solomon Kingdom in Saudi Arabia, or you could be the most powerful man in the world and do business with Bill Gates, like he did with Jamal Khashoggi on videotape where they got into a room and they did business with the CEO of the Four Seasons. And what were they doing? They were doing all kinds of stuff, including stuff with vaccines. Because we got Bill Gates on tape saying that the way you best control population is through uh, reproductive services. Well, that's abortion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And vaccines. And vaccines. He, vaccines. Vaccines and reproductive services. And, and it was no coincidence that many of the Planned Parenthood cl- uh, clinics were located in largely African American communities. Right. So they get rid of the people that they deem unnecessary. Eugenics. Um, yeah, eugenics. Just like Margaret Sanger, you know, said, uh, and the founder of Planned Parenthood, that. Uh, 
you know, this is good for society to uh, rid society of the unwanted uh, babies. The other part is the um, the uh, well. There's 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 the vaccines. The vaccines will either kill you. Uh, I'm looking at a picture on the screen right now of this guy with rashes all over his legs uh, from a vaccine. The vaccines haven't been properly tested, that's for sure. But there's all kinds of warnings related to fertility. When we talked about that, fertility. Yeah. So they're either going to kill you or they're going to prevent you from actually having babies. We're already at a net deficit. You know, in terms of healthy population growth, we're already at a pro- we're already having a problem there, and when all these people are being migrated around by the globalists, who are like sheep herders or like matadors with a bull or like cattle ranchers with their cows, they basically either take out their carrot or they take out their stick. They take out the sugar or they take out the branding iron. Right? We talked about this again. This is a roundup, but I just want to remind people of what this is because it's actually very kind of important and that is that these globalists are evil people that want to control people they think that they know best so first it starts with arrogance and their establishment elite and their aristocratic uh we're smarter and we're better than you you can watch the movie titanic and you can actually look at how the rich lived and how they looked at the peasants like like uh, um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Yeah, exactly. Right? Some guy who, you know, won some money in a card game. He bought himself, a, you know, a low-level cabin Well, yeah, fare. but he was perhaps maybe one of the uh, more creative minds yeah, at the exactly. table. But yet it was the, um, the, the, the Billy Zane's character, right, that, yeah. uh, that, that basically um, – uh, acted like he knew best and he was the smartest but no he was the one that was actually the one wielding the gun and he was the one that never earned a job in his life other than one that was given to him with a silver spoon in his mouth and that's why they turned their nose up at this at the Mo- molly brown character because she came from self-made money right and fitzgerald uh who you've studied yeah f scott fitzgerald yeah uh it writes a lot about that. It writes a lot about that. The, the Great Gatsby, for example. Yeah, the difference between the self-made and the um, and the inherited wealth. And the one thing that happened to Fitzgerald, which I wrote about, was over the course of his writing career, he had an evolution. In the very beginning, he kind of idolized um, the elite, the traditional Brahmins. And by the time he came to his fifth work, he was his protagonist in uh, the last tycoon was the self-made man. So you know, his mind had a, an evolution in terms of how he viewed these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, so so, it's very interesting. So we have something too, and, and I do see a genie. Genie's calling, and we're going to take that in a second. But um, I, I wanted to also take a look at um, uh, the Mexico City policy because on January twenty eighth, twenty twenty one, Joe Biden rescinded the Mexican City Mexico City policy, marking an end to a four year period under the Trump administration that saw the greatest expansion of the policy in its history. First announced in 1984 the, by the Reagan administration, the policy has been rescinded and reinstated by subsequent administrations along party lines and has been in effect for 21 of the past 36 years. So the first announced by uh, Reagan in 1984, historically the policy required foreign 
non-governmental organizations, NGOs, okay? So again, historically, the policy required foreign, required foreign non-government organizations to certify that they would not perform or actively promote abortion as a method of family planning using funds from any source, including non-U.S. funds, as a condition of receiving U.S. government global family planning funding. President Trump reinstated the policy, but also significantly expanded it to encompass the vast majority of the U.S. bilateral uh, global health assistance. Under the Trump administration's expansion, the policy applied to PEPFAR, maternal and child health, malaria, nutrition, and other U.S. programs, and potentially encompassed $7.3 billion in fiscal year 2020 alone, to the extent that such funding was ultimately provided to foreign NGOs directly or indirectly. Family planning assistance accounted for approximately $600 million of that total. The Trump administration also moved to further tighten restrictions, reaching other areas of U.S. development assistance beyond global health and other non-U.S. funding streams. In rescinding the policy, President Biden, I, I can't call him a president, Biden the seat required. I just no. I, was just, I call him the seat warmer. Uh, yeah, I was reading that. Reading that, and um, and I made a mistake in calling him by that title. Um, Biden required agencies involved in foreign assistance to immediately end the imposition of the policy in future awards, waive the policy's application in existing awards, and notify recipients as soon as possible that the policy conditions have been waived. This explainer provides an overview of the history of the policy. So there's a nice little um, article here that we... And if you look at the details, it mm -hmm. breaks it out by presidential administration. And, And one thing that, with the exception of a brief period... In the Clinton administration, it looks like about a, a year where it was in effect. During the Democrat administrations, the Mexico City policy seems never to be in effect. It was in effect with Reagan. It was in effect with the first Bush. It was it was gone with Clinton, brought back briefly with Clinton, gone with Clinton again, and then and, and Obama yeah. didn't have it and either. I, I only and bring it was it up, president under Trump. And I only bring it up because um, the issue is this. Bill Gates, we played a clip earlier in the week, I believe it was. And it was about him talking about vex, you know, controlling population. We would like to get the population from, uh, which is projected to be around 9 billion and bring it down to like 6 point something billion. And he was talking about CO2 emissions. This was like a TED conference in 2010 or 11. And he was talking about climate. And he was also talking about population and how we need to curb and control our population. Now, in Europe and in America, our population is dwindling. We almost have it so it's not sustainable because we're at like 1.2 kids and there's more people dying. Than, so it's, it's sort of like not even great to do that, especially when you consider that we have Social Security now and you need more workers in the workforce yeah. to sustain that, that social, social security system. Um, and in the entire the uh, entitlement programs, I mean the the actual things that the, the programs that where people are entitled to them, and and so the point is is that um, Bill Gates has been on this kick about population control, and he cited vaccines, healthcare, government healthcare, which 
we all know when we're talking about government health care, we're also talking about death panels, right? We talked about that with Obamacare when Obama was president. But death panels, how much aid and how much, con- uh, how much uh, life-sustaining uh, uh, do we do or can we expense for, uh, you know, with uh, government health care? So you got health care, which is death panels. You got abortions, which is reproductive services, which, and then you got vaccines. And vaccines impact fertility, and they can also shorten your lifespan. It's, you know, and then they want to talk about China. Now, China has a policy where you're only allowed well, to have one, one child. child. And they've had that policy for a very long time now. Yeah, so the globalists not only control populations through those mechanisms that I just mentioned, but all the globalists that support those and who are endorsed and embraced by our institutions like the professors, the tenure-track professors at the universities, the editors of the journalistic boards. And you don't get these jobs if you believe a different way. See, that's the other problem, is that liberals actually have two tracks to the top because conservatives aren't intolerant. They don't give you a raise, a promotion, or um, they don't fire you because of your political beliefs. That's only from the liberals that are doing that to the conservatives. So the liberals actually have the luxury of two paths to the top in the in the workforce. Whereas if you step out of line and you say you like Trump or you happen to put on a red hat one day and are seen in a photograph on your Facebook page, you'll get fired from your liberal boss. So you only have one track to the top if you're a Republican. And that's if if you're fortunate enough to have a conservative boss that can actually advance you. We're going to go ahead and take Jeannie right now. Uh, Jeannie, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Wait, wait. Good morning. Yeah, there Good you morning. are. Good morning. Good morning, Scott. Hey. Good morning, Leonora. Good morning, Jeannie. Um, it is amazing the length of time, the decades that the globalists actually take to plan things with their plan to control the entire world, the entire money supply. So going back to your discussion on the Titanic, few of us realize that that ship set sail that was planned um, in 1910, for sure by April 1910 when seven of the richest men in the world met on Jekyll Island, and they planned how to get control of all of the money in the world and the people that um, had all of the money. So um, the people that, the bankers that died on the Titanic were John Jacob Astor, um, Isidore Strauss, Benjamin Guggenheim. These were the good bankers who didn't want to have, have a worldwide system. But what we don't understand is that ship set sail with those um, important rich people on board, and they were all invited by J.P. Morgan. Well, J.P. Morgan, at the very last minute, I remember that. missed the boat. Yes. That was all set up in 1910. 
yeah. to have those people on board with the ruse of discussion of what are we going to do, you know, to centralize the money. Well, with all of those important people out of the way, that enabled them by uh, December, uh, a December 24th, 1913 vote in Congress when most people weren't there to start the Fed. So that is wow. what yeah. globalists will do to make sure they get their way and get control of the entire world. That's such an excellent that point. That is absolutely amazing because I do know about the story uh, of J.P. Morgan almost getting on the boat. I remember, you know, well, I think I learned about that like 15 years ago, he, well before I was informed with all these different things. the entire thing, and then at the last minute he didn't yes. make it, but lo and behold, none of his precious um, works of art were on either. Yeah, You wow. know, his bags, his savings, nothing. It was all a setup. So this is what the globalists have done throughout history because they're all such a tight group as we witness now with our yeah, Democrats and, and our fake Republicans. It's what Skull and but, Bones um, is all about. I just learned this a few months ago, and I learned it in the book, Kid by the Side of the Road. And I was just astonished, and I had to read it over a couple of times to really let it sink in what they will do. But that was the start. That is how they arranged to to create the Federal Reserve Board, by killing all of the Jeez. good money people in one spot by sinking the Titanic. The ship captain was in on it. Yeah. I he mean, sacrificed himself by running into the... Well, you know, it's it's interesting because after that happened, there was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of those wealthy family members. They squandered the cash. Um, they 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 didn't manage it. They didn't have a vote on the seat like you you're talking about. And um, yeah, that everything that you just said actually can be supported by. I mean, that's a that's a that's a very plausible. Very believable scenario there. I just, wow. That's why when I never CEOs even thought about throughout, it like throughout that. history, I'm, my my point is yes, this happened, but that's how they plan. Yes, they have this virus. This virus, it is all a plan. It's all fake to get control of everything. They don't care how many of us they kill because that is the intent. Right. That's, that's it's almost like a twofer of, for them. And that's why Population case, control. To, to we get rid of the people that we don't want, like our adversaries. Well, it's a genius point. That's why corporations now, when they have flights or even television series, when they have the major stars, <laughs> they don't put them on the same flights because in the event of uh, yeah. the disaster, you, you're not going to lose all your top executives in a flight or you're not going to lose both stars in, in, uh, but in a flight. they did on the Titanic. But, well, that's they learned yeah. from that. That's what... But that that yeah. was the precursor to everything. I think yeah. Jeannie brings up an excellent point. It's very true. Yeah. You know, I think it's very, it's well, very true what deep, she said. Dig into it even deeper. It actually wasn't. So this is how they planned. That ship that sunk was actually not the Titanic. It was a sister ship. They planned this out so well that they had a ship that looked exactly like the Titanic that wasn't, was not as well built. 
Yeah, it had the cheap, it had the cheap China made <laughs> rivets. And the evidence is, you know, they, this has all been proven. Yeah, no, this the, the the chip you're talking about too had cheaper rivets. Uh, they were like yes. made of a yes. lesser kind of metal. Uh, they probably got it from China. <laughs> the China terrorists. <laughs> Good telling, one, Scott. <laughs> everybody needs to actually get get around the phrase. It's not no longer radical Islamic uh, terrorism. It's radical Chinese terrorism. That's what it is. Yes. Okay, that's what we're dealing with these yes. days. Yes. All right. Thank you, Jeannie. Unfortunately, yes. Have a great day. All you right. Too. Take care. That was great. Thank you. We keep right. bringing up the Titanic a lot lately because I guess it, it we has tremendous. Read- we did a few weeks ago. It has tremendous relevance. It is such a beautiful uh-huh. movie, though. Yeah, I mean, it's so well, well it, shot. Well, it's a story that that has fascinated the world for over a hundred years. And it was you, my idea to watch that. movie, Yeah, it was too. to watch it, but yeah. but you know, it's when I went to Colorado, I saw the Molly Brown home. I saw it's everywhere. The films. There's been all these documentaries, all yeah. these books. You know, all these films. Not just that one, but of course, yeah. the major book was A Night to Remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, Julie, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Oh, good morning. Good morning. I I didn't mean to call the day and bug you. I just wanted (laughs) to thank Jeannie Baum for that wonderful story. Yeah. I had no idea, and I had never known the puzzles, the pieces of the puzzle. That was wonderful to hear that. Thank you. It almost confirms... Uh, the the Las Vegas shooting then, whatever doubts that we have that it was intentional and the fact the FBI never found any any information about the killer, I always question that. And everything that we've witnessed and done is is all part of a plot. It's just very sad that they're so right. duplicitous. <laughs> because you know what, Th- these things don't happen like that. In, unless they're really pre-organized. Uh, or, and, you know, the thing is, is that what they got out of it, you always have to look at the net result at, after the fact. They did get the end of bump stocks, so they got rid of those, right? And, yeah. you know, and the NRA took a huge hit. Like, I was just listening to a report recently where the NRA is a shell of what they used to be in terms of power. Uh, the... Uh, AGs, the attorney generals have gone after them, uh, and they are weak right now. Uh, the NRA, and uh, they're no—they don't have the same same vigor and strength and confidence and presence that they once had, say, during the Obama regime. And uh, I, I don't know what has really happened to them, but I know there's a lot of litigation. Like in New York, they were chased out in New York, but um, you know. They took a hit from the Las Vegas shooting, and so did uh, the issue of bump stocks and uh, chipping away at our Second Amendment. But then also, it also changed the way we actually have open rallies and open events. Maybe that was even a twofer to say, you know, maybe we could even put an end to outdoor rallies, which is one of the things that brings uni- that unites Americans, brings Americans together, like I was saying. We all view the world from our own individual lens. And one of the things about COVID is it has isolated us. It's put a mask over our face, and it has separated us as people. And one of the things that's great about America is these outdoor concerts, and anywhere, but great outdoor concerts is it unites people. We all look at the stage from one lens. That's the way a theater is built. 
And so the idea is when we go to a Trump rally, we're confirmed, we're affirmed that we all are on the right page and we're believing the same things and that what we're thinking isn't third eye cuckoo land stuff, but it's right and it's real and it gives us confidence. And that's what happens when we get together and root for our team, whether it's a football game or anything else in between. But now, if you look at the arenas, they're empty. If you look at what COVID's done in terms of separating and putting masks over us, that's exactly what they the, they try to do. And the, it's been a tactic from the left and globalists for the longest period of time because the only way they can actually beat uh, a huge mammoth, Goliath, is to split the mammoth and Goliath in half. The only way you can actually beat a giant is if you actually beat their ankle first and then their wrist and then their head and then, you know, the, the parts of them. That's the only way you can beat a giant. And America's population is the giant that the Democrats are trying to destroy. We have to go back and read Gulliver's Travels and figure out how they, they got that giant and tied him up. <laughs> I love that book. I just reread that last year. Um, you know, the famous scene is when, you know, you first you see Gulliver as a, a giant and he wakes up uh, washed upon the shore and all the little Laputians are tying him up with strings. You know, King Kong was the same concept, really. Yeah. And, then, and then, mm-hmm. then he goes to the next land and suddenly he's the tiny person and he's among the giants. It's a very, right, but, uh, very pro- but, prophetic scene. It, you know, and they did come up with, I didn't invent the phrase divide and conquer. You didn't? No. Oh, I thought you did. I've been telling everybody you did. <laughs> no, but you know, that's how you, that's how you <laughs> beat a bigger army, right? It's April, it's April Fool's one day off. <laughs> and that's what, that's what terrorism is all about. Terrorism is all about dividing and conquering, picking a battle that you can win and win several little battles. Uh, it's, it's not about, you know, I don't think we're it's ever going to have again. A, what's that? In key places, the battles in key places. Exactly. Even even with the ac- even with the Access Hollywood attack, uh, creating that recording. If you go back, uh, Trump had a uh, a uh, event where he was um, he was trashed. Or what do they call those ruses where they put him on stage and the, everybody says crazy things about him? Well. The same night of the the Washington uh, event, where the press event, they had. I was scrolling the TV, and they actually had a Trump bash that took place in Las Vegas about ten years ago. Well, ten years before he became president, and the same words that were used by someone on stage was exactly the recording of if. If someone can look it up, you will find the same words that were said in that recording was said by someone else on that stage. Mm. Yeah, it was it was amazing. The same topic, exactly the same words. So what I th- believe they did was they just switched the the words from this guy's words on stage to his words, and then they claimed that he said that on an open mic. That's just my guess. Wow. All right, Julie. Well, thank you. Oh, sorry to bug you. Oh, please have a good uh, day, and sorry to bug you. I just wanted to thank Jeannie for that wonderful story. Yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on. Before you go, uh, Jeannie just called back, so hold on. You can thank her yourself. (laughs) 
Uh, Julie has something to say to Jeannie. <laughs> yes, I've been listening. Yeah. And oh, Julie, I, I just story. want thank you so much. Please Google Duck Duck Go rather Kid by the Side of the Road. The author Juan J U A N O Saven. Buy that book, and you will you will learn. A lot. How do you spell O Well, I found it. It's one. The it's middle initial O. How do you spell the last name? The last name is Savin. S A V I N. It's middle initial O. It's not an Irish name. I see. He's not. He's not a Spanish Irish guy. It's a. It's a made up. It's a made up name. Yeah, I could see that. Juan O Savin. Yeah, but that's his pen name. Yeah. Okay. Buy that book, and a lot of mysteries will be uncovered about how the globalists are ruling our world right. and how the psyops that they have tried to get us to believe. Yeah, there's some really good documentaries fate. on YouTube as well for that. But thank you, both of you. Thank you for calling in today. I still say we Thanks. have to go down a big, giant caravan. We need to have boats and cars and never get out of the oh i think so those things are coming i think i think those things are coming yeah, i think I that so. i think that the trump supporters are we're all looking our wounds a little bit but we have big plans for a lot of different things and uh you know and that brings us to the next thing so listen in we're gonna be talking about a couple of events that are coming up so um thank you trump both. will be back by august okay all right. Your lips to God's ears. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Take care. Take care. All right. Okay. All right. So, um, our. Well, that, that's a good segue to... Talk about events? Yeah. Okay, well, since we are approaching Easter weekend, um, we should mention that in August, August 6th, uh, 11 a.m., we are going to be holding an event about religious freedom because, as we talk about all the time, our religious freedom is at risk. And we, we will also have Who's some... Who's we? We, those who are defending well, our we're rights. we're talking about buglecall.org. I'm talking about buglecall.org, <laughs> but I'm also talking about the broader coalition of people that follow buglecall.org, follow MAGAPAC, follow the Scott Adams Show, follow mm-hmm. Red State Talk Radio. You know, all those people out there that believe that our rights to congregate in a church or a temple or to um, express our religious beliefs in public are at risk at all times. And we've been seeing this. It's part of the overall cancel culture movement. I mean, we saw it, uh, you know, on a level where, you know, you weren't allowed to say Merry Christmas or, you know, store clerks weren't allowed to say Merry Christmas. They had to say Happy Holidays because they were because of fear that you might offend somebody who didn't celebrate Christmas. But yet it's a federal holiday. Okay, let's go figure that one out. Okay, so again, it's all types of ways in which our liberties are, are under attack. And but there there will be some other events that will precede that in the earlier months and more about that to come. Yeah. And um, so that's great. And we're, we're yeah, we're going to have events between now and then. Um, we actually have a board meeting tomorrow morning. Yes, we do. Uh, with our board. So check out buclecall.org. Uh, and uh, under the, um, I think it's under the home button. I'm not sure. Let's see. So if you go under about, uh, yeah, if you go under about, uh, there's a board member, board of directors, 
and meet the founder. You can meet me. So um, I have, uh, I'm under the meet the founders. I'm in a, a casual, a dress casually um, from our trip in Florida. <laughs> and it looks like and, you're wearing sunglasses too. Yes. and He's uh, hiding his face. He shouldn't and, do and that. And then there's me and Leonore as the founders of Bugle Call. Uh, listed under the board of directors and we have a really great uh, board assembled um, with uh, someone that you've we've had on our show consistently Brent Hemacek also Larry Freese he used to be the show host on Red State Talk Radio and now he's working in the private sector and um, he's our treasurer and Charles Butler uh, he is on the board he has a show and C.L. Bryant has a show. He's a pastor. He's a senior fellow at the Freedom Works. Also, just a great guy. And uh, he's on our board. And the great Paul Preston. Paul Preston is on our board as well. And uh, everybody knows Paul. And so we have their pictures, their bios, and everything else in between. Uh, all their social media links are right there for people to enjoy and just learn about uh, what we're doing uh, because and there's some interesting polls up there too so if you want to vote on who the biggest rhino is in Washington well you'll find a poll there uh, if you want to find out uh, about election integrity and there's polls on what to do about that problem uh, there's a news section we have a news aggregator section and again I'm starting my blog and uh and then we have an events calendar. And then we have a media section where our media partners over at Bugle Call uh, and Magapack.org are, um, are, are uh, Red State Talk Radio, the Scott Adams Show. And we're going to be adding media partners uh, to, that, to that lot. And uh, it's just basically going to be mechanisms for our ability to get the word out to get the word about advancing America First policy initiatives that make America great by protecting U.S. civil liberties, equal justice, fair elections, religious freedoms, constitutional protections, national security, and foreign policy. And we've put all of that in a blueprint on that website. Yes. So check it out. I think you'll be... Uh, you know, and those are the things we're advancing. And we'll be, although we're a 501c3, uh, and that's been filed, it's a pending, officially pending, um, but the uh, issue there is we're not allowed to support any specific candidate. or uh, That's not something that a 501c3 is allowed to do. But what we can do is it advan advance policy and talk about candidates that actually support the agenda. Absolutely. And so that's what we want to do. And we are going to be trying to uh, uh, make sure that uh, great candidates that support America First, Make America Great Again policies are at the forefront of the primary season so that when Liz Cheney or Adam Kinzinger or Lisa Murkowski come hot, hat in hand and they want your donations, and they want to actually win another election, uh, we want to say, no way, Jose, and we want to put a stop to that. And we want to hold Ronna McDaniel accountable because we think that she's responsible for the losses 
uh, that we've been taking and the fraud that we've been victimized from. I mean, we're victims of this voter fraud. Totally. And uh, so, again, what we've been talking about is Chinese terrorism and globalist population control through migration, vaccines, and uh, reproductive services like the Mexico City policy. They've been trying to do this for a long time. They've been trying to do it with climate change, and they just didn't work out well for them. It wasn't enough, and they needed more. And they got the holy grail with COVID. They got everything they dreamed of with COVID. They got the mask. They got the divide and conquer. They got the mail-in voting fraud. They pushed it all, and they did it all through COVID. And I believe that China understood this, There are some really smart people in the world, and they are clever, they're evil, they're sinister, they're calculating, they're premeditating, they're strategic, and they put this pen to paper, and they put this out there. There was too much organization. There was zero, and I mean to tell you, there was zero pushback, skepticism, objection, debate, over this issue. In fact, if you wrote a nasty thing about Eric Ciaramella or Stefan Halper or uh, Fauci, yes, I put them all three in the same bill. If you say anything like that, the social media would cancel your account. How organized is that? The professors wouldn't let students speak about these topics. You weren't allowed to actually show your true colors by wearing a red hat. The censorship was through the roof. The mainstream media didn't care whether they lost everything or not because they were going to get new investments in China. Like I said, you deal deal with the devil. It doesn't matter what kind of contract or what kind of uh, great deal you, you made with the devil. Because when the devil wants to get paid... The devil's going to get paid, and the devil is China. So if you're NBC and you want a theme park in China, what's going to end up happening is it doesn't matter what. If you don't promote one candidate over another because China wants to get rid of Trump and install a China-friendly president, well, by gosh, you're going to do it, or you're going to actually lose your $1.5 billion theme park. And it doesn't matter what kind of contract you have because you'll be going to court in China. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. So, I mean, it's the government's court. It's the government's bank. It's the government's land in China. So you made a deal with the devil and now you have to actually say and do like a puppet everything that the puppet master wants you to say. And that's where China has done Terrible things. I got a story right here, for example. China boasts, this is Gateway Pundit, China boasts they have control over Western think tanks. You think? (laughs) Election integrity groups and even Joe Biden's national security team. A report out from the National Pulse today says China has boasted about having control over Western think tanks, election integrity groups, and the Biden administration's national security team. This is no April Fool's joke. So they have a story over here. It says, 
China brags they control Joe Biden's national security team. And it's called Populist Press over here. And it says, The Chinese Communist Party Cyberspace Administration of China has boasted of one of the most critical connections between the 2020 U.S. presidential election, the COVID-19 pandemic, and the groups and individuals campaigning to stop President Trump and his America First agenda. The one that we are talking about. The one that we're trying to keep alive and and reproduce a hundred times over with a bunch of different candidates. The National Pulse can exclusively reveal new bombshell admissions over China influence in both the United States and Europe link organizations such as the Berg Ruin Institute with the Chinese Communist Party, CCP, the Berg Gruen Institute. Have you ever heard of the Berg Gruen? No. It's B-E-R-G-G-R-U-E-N, Berg Gruen. I've never heard of it. I've uh, never heard of that either. First rose to national attention after co-founding the Transition Integrity Project, which advised on how Joe Biden could seize power on the back of an ostensible Trump victory. Okay, basically a foregone conclusion. And uh, that was happening. And then they says basically that the um, National Post says... Revealed China's state propaganda group boasts control over Western think tanks. And uh, this is, again, this is uh, written all over these different um, entities. I want to read this. The Berggruen Institute lists among its key 21st century council members, influential global think tankers and public figure figures, including former UK Prime Minister Gordon Brown, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, Huffington Post founder Ariana Huffington, anti-Trump founder Pierre Amadjar, former Australian Prime Minister Kevin Rudd, former Fre- French President Nicolas Sarkozy, former Google CEO Eric Schmidt, former U.S. Treasury Secretary Larry Summers, former Danish Prime Minister and Facebook Oversight Board member Hel Thorning Schmidt, and CNN host and Washington Post columnist Fareed Zakaria. So these are all um, parts of that plan. They're all in bed with China. No surprise there. The CCP's claim appears to be more than just bragging, as evidence unearthed by the National Pulse shows numbers of the aforementioned entities indeed contributing Chinese government-sanctioned propaganda articles to China daily. In 2008, a fellow at the Center of International Governance Innovation lambasted Western hubris for the CCP's propaganda outfit. In 2016, the Lowy Institute's program director, Tristam Sainsbury, also a fellow at Renmin University, told the state media, I expect China will be driving an agenda that is closer to the longer-term economic challenges that the G20 has been facing for a long time. Tom Burns is distinguished fellow and former executive director at the Center for International Governance in Governance Innovation uh, says to the China Daily, China 
over the last couple of years has begun to take an important role in global economic governance. Of course, in the and tr- Trump understood this. In the late 2016, the Berggruen Institute's Nathan Gardell's urged closer cooperation with China. In 2019, China Daily lauded Gilman's comments during the World Internet Conference in Wuhan, China, which communist leader Xi Jinping also took part in. And in 2020, Thomas Burns of the Center for International Governance Innovation slammed President Trump's insistence on holding China to account. I also think that complicit in this are people like at the Brookings Institution that tried to overthrow our government more than once. No doubt. Um, with, uh, with the Russian hoax support of the dossier. Uh, we know that because Fiona Hill said that she, her friends at the Brookings Institute had the dossier the day before it went to BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. So we know that the Brookings Institution is knee-deep in political corruption and espionage to overthrow uh, duly elected presidents. The Brookings Institution is part of that cabal. And the Atlantic Council, which is part of, uh, I think, the W Trade Organization or some, World Trade Organization or something like that, but the Atlantic Council... Uh, where a lot of uh, people from national security uh, spend a lot of time, uh, has also been knee-deep in part uh, with our Ukraine corruption and turning a blind eye to things that benefit them and and wielding their hammer in other ways. Uh, We got this uh, John Podesta, Brooks, uh, who repeatedly refused to interview the National Pulse before pulling the tip uh, website down, had previously offered election assistance to Clinton campaign chief John Podesta. Sullivan, I wonder if they're talking about John Sullivan here. That's what I was trying to get at, but we're running out of time. Well, that that does bring us to the end of our um, show. We're, I just want to wish everybody a happy Easter. Yes, happy Easter. Um And in any case, uh, that being said, I want to also just ask everybody to check out the work that we're doing. Uh, We updated the Scott Adams Show website at scottadamshow.com. We updated the Red State website at redstatetalkradio.com. We updated uh, our two nonprofit organizations, buglecall.org and magapack.org. And so we've been keeping very busy. Very busy. uh, Doing all of that work. And we're working for America. We're working for you. And we're bringing this show to you uh, as best we can. And we do it with love in our hearts. So have a great weekend. My name's Scott Adams. My name's Leonora Cavetta. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye now. I'm from a small town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C. But close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there